Welcome back to The Remote Life. My name is Han Talbot, also known as Han McWeld, and today we'll be chatting with Ninka Nina Kaiser. Originally from the Netherlands, Ninka Nina is a marketing expert and host of the Digital Nomads Daily podcast, which connects different ideas on designing your lifestyle and working remotely. In this episode, we talk about Digital Nomads Daily and Ninka Nina's purpose for starting a podcast, as well as her advice for people wanting to pitch themselves as guests and tips on being a guest for the first time. Let's grab a coffee, a tea or something stronger and let's get started. So we're live on the Remote Life podcast. Ninka, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me here. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! One <Monday>. day! <laughs> so before we dive straight into this awesome conversation, tell us about you and your remote life journey so far. Sure. So let's start with almost a decade ago. <laughs> oh God, getting old. Um, no, so my journey really, really started um, as a student living abroad Back then, I don't think digital nomadism or remote work was really a thing. I'm now 33. So yeah, so I started as just as a student going abroad. And this is where my whole life changed because I was surrounded by all these amazing people from all sorts of countries and everyone had like different habits and things. And it was just like, whoa, there's like a whole world out there. And I don't even know that. So that's like for me how it started. So my goal was from that moment, I need to stay abroad. (laughs) So that's kind of what I did. And I was pushing my university because it was super like due to the bureaucracy, it was hard to like stay abroad. So I was like, I found an internship. Oh, I can do this. I can do that. So I kept pushing it. I kept pushing it. And then eventually I moved to the Philippines because my friend said, why don't you move to the Philippines? I was like, I guess I can do that. So I did that. And then... Still not nomading at this point, but then at one point I had um, a kind of a burnout because I was in a tech startup and I was a general manager there and mostly leading also a lot of like heavy marketing and communities there. And I got into a burnout and I didn't realize it, but then I had a headache for like seven months and it was like intense, like migraine kind of vibe. And I was like, I thought I was something wrong with my brain or whatever, but then it was just burnout. And I met, I'm, uh, I went to Bali because my friend was like, ah, why don't you move in Bali, go to Bali, like work here. And then you can not move, but just like go here for a workation. I did that. And I saw all these people while I was also with my laptop in a cafe working remotely. I saw all these people doing it. And I was like, ooh, what are they doing behind their laptop? Like what's happening? And then my friend was like, you realize that you're doing this right now too, right? And I was like, oh, I am. And then that's how my digital nomad life started. <laughs> I love that. I love that Bali plays into so many people's stories in some fashion or like, yeah, I love the fact that you were abroad during your degree. And that is also what happened for me. That was also part of what kickstarted things for me. Where was your study abroad? It was in Denmark. What was cool about that? It wasn't an international business school. So it was an Erasmus program, which is like a European exchange program. But because of the business school element, they also had, I guess, like collaborations or something similar, what Erasmus is for like other countries outside of Europe. So there were people from all continents. Mm -hmm. So it was not just uh, Europeans. So that, yeah, it was amazing. That's so fun. Yeah, you're definitely, it's funny because for me, it's been 10 years and um, it's one of those things that I'm like, we used to get kind of people joke about it like, oh, okay, we get it. You did a study abroad. But like, no, you don't realize how much it opens you up to the world at 
a relatively young age to different cultures, to different people, different thoughts, like you said. And it, it is quite a life-changing thing. So, yeah, I completely am on board with that, on that one so far with you. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like, I did not even speak English at that time. Yeah. So considering how life-changing this is, like, I have now like I speak English every day. I speak more English than I speak Dutch. And my Dutch is actually quite funny. I'm I, you know, met so many people. But on top of that, I was able to now work from anywhere with people from all countries because as long as we speak English, like that's all we gotta do. So it like when we say life changing, that's not just like a sexy sentence or a mm-hmm. sexy quote. It's true. Like mm-hmm. it opened up literally my world. Otherwise I don't know what I would be doing right now actually (laughs) absolutely it yeah I think also you don't realize what it does until you're out actually out in the real real world I'll say in air quotes and how it sets you up for dealing with the real world um without even Mm -hmm. realizing like even down to saying that you went to the Philippines and then Bali with um, people who just happened to be working on their laptops but I imagine that there was so much for you already that you had learned from living abroad and in different cultures that you were just so accustomed to at this point and so accustomed to integrating into that you didn't even think about that perhaps now a nomad who has not had that experience might potentially find a bit more challenging because you've already dealt with it. You've already been been through the process of that too. 100% agree. Yeah. What I always say is that I like on on Digital Nomads Daily and on, on our podcast there, I see very two clear generations in the digital nomadism or digital lifestyle. There are nomads who kind of did not choose to do this, but because they were living abroad, because of maybe a relationship overseas or something that kind of kept them abroad, they had to figure out how to stay abroad and make money abroad. And online was the way because, you know, work visas and all these things are very challenging. Or people started to travel and they wanted to continue doing that. But there has been this pre-abroad experience or connection And there's all these learnings already, like you said. Now, the second generation is kind of like the Instagram generation where you see it online, you literally swipe and you want to shop this lifestyle and you're like, I want to do that too. And you kind of buy a course, how to become a digital nomad or whatever it is, which I don't really believe in. And then you think, I'm a nomad, I'm doing this. But what the difference is, is that there are so many behind the scenes learnings that People don't realize that they're happening, but you don't have that when you buy something like that. This thing is an ongoing self-development journey and that never freaking stops. All the dynamics are constantly changing from relationships to a pillow, to where you work, to who you work with. So there's no such thing. Oh, I'm going to buy to be a digital nomad and then I'm a digital nomad. I do not believe in it. (laughs) I mean, same. I was like, I had my like proper like frown, oh my God, yes, face on as you were saying that. Yeah, it it was definitely a a phase. And I think it it probably, I'll give it some credit that it potentially helped people set themselves up in a certain way. But like you said, yeah, it helped people potentially like get their packing list sorted and figure out where they want to go. And like some of the nomad communities. But again, like you said, I think I I like that analogy that it's a constant self-development journey because yeah, even for us who have been like doing this in different ways already, you still learn something new about yourself every day from this lifestyle. I don't, yeah, I completely agree. I don't think it really stops. Mm-hmm. Love it. 
In fact, do you know what? That's a good. Is there one thing that really sticks out to you about your nomad journey that you never would have thought would have been a thing, or like you never realized this until you became a nomad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are honestly like a lot of things, but for me, it's been it's been kind of everything for me is around community. So it's really the people that make this lifestyle so grand. Because the coconuts, they're nice. I love them. I really, really like it. I like the travel, you know, like all these things. But I don't think that this lifestyle is so successful for someone if they are not surrounded by people that are either like-minded or help you thrive or grow and all these things. And I noticed from not just like my whole nomad journey, but also from my podcast, whenever I talk with people, it's always like people point out community. And this is not just like, oh, the friends, but this is even who is going to be your support system? How are you going to make money and who are you going to make money with? So this is mostly for freelancers. People would first say like, oh yeah, the type of people you work with. But going more into the remote job stuff, like even your employee and your coworkers, like this lifestyle cannot be so awesome if you're not surrounded by great people. So for me, that's like the most important thing. I prioritize it at all times. And then the rest will come, the rest will flow. So I think that I'm never lonely and I don't really understand how people can feel so lonely as in I'm always lonely as a digital nomad because then clearly you're not understanding that people component of it. So I, I always say like prioritize people, your environment from personal life to work life and anything in between. Yeah, I completely agree. I think for me, I had to figure out also the fact that like just because you know there are a lot of people being a digital nomad doesn't mean you're automatically going to resonate with every single digital nomad, just like how you wouldn't in any other part of society and that's okay it's not a bad thing or a good thing it's just you know some people are going to have a different way of doing the life as well and I know that for me it took a few months until I found the group of people that I felt comfortable being myself around or kind of got how I thought as well so that just completely like took my whole experience to a next level and made me feel it just made my experience so much better for myself once I found the community of people who get how just how you're saying like the kind of people who think like I do within the wider space of digital nomading as well. I think that's so important. Yeah. And also to touch on what you just say, like you won't resonate with all digital nomads. We're not all the same. Like I think the power of this community in general is that we're kind of like a collective of minds and and from all and, and bodies and habits and behaviors and thoughts and belief systems from this whole freaking globe. So there is no such thing. Oh, this is a digital nomad. We are all shapes, color, sizes. We eat at different times and even all that stuff is evolving. So what I kind of notice is that every sort of trip or every location or every experience, there are massive learnings. Sometimes you don't see it or hear it or feel it or sense it right away, but you will figure that out later. But there are always these massive learnings. And that's why I, that's why going back to my thing on like, I don't really believe in this sort of, oh, this is how, how to become a digital nomad because you're never, there's, there's no end game with this. It's a lifestyle. It's not a goal. So I feel like that, yes, these courses and all these things are great tools. Like, yeah, fill up your toolbox with those learning resources but also fill up your toolbox with a lot of great people. And that is going to change over time as well. Like 
I've been a digital nomad solo person in Asia and I had a certain lifestyle there. And then I had a relationship for three years. And now recently I'm single again and I have to re-identify, wait, who am I? What's important to me? And it's like this ongoing process. And while it's overwhelming because this lifestyle is overwhelming, the cool thing is, is that you always learn. And this is what, like the one kind of mindset that brings or, or person that brings digital nomads together, how I define it is that we're all curious beings. If there's one thing for sure, how you can like put us in one box, it's because we're curious minds. But that's the only box I feel comfortable in. And <laughs> like how I feel comfortable other people putting in box because it's like, yeah, like, so like, ah, oh, I always get yeah. frustrated when people say these are digital nomads because I'm like, that's bullshit. Like you can't say that. Can I say bullshit here? Of course you can. <laughs> Absolutely. I so agree. I, uh, it's one of those things, I, this is a real long backstory here, but I did um, an Instagram tour in Bali and out of curiosity, it was for the science. I need to put that disclaimer still. It was for the science. I had a voucher from a travel company and my curiosity got the better of me. So I've had this like kind of thread for about four years now through like my content and my general discussions and it fits into digital nomad life because of course, Bali, you think of the stereotypical digital nomad still. And it has kind of weaved this sort of narrative for me around like kind of how Instagram puts digital nomading and general search engines, because it's not just Instagram. If you Google the term digital nomad, I was trying to do a presentation. I've done, I tried to do several presentations on Canva and you type in digital nomad into the photos and the same image of the dude on his back with the laptop on the beach comes up first. Still, you try and do it into yeah. Unsplash. You try to do it into Adobe that same image comes up and it is just the most frustrating thing and it gets giggles from people and like I even did a talk in March and I had to be like red cross through this picture like this is not who we are and I don't know where the stereotype has come from that it has now become the popular mainstream term but there is yeah that does bother me that it is that's the box that we still get put in when actually I would say that yeah, okay. I think along with the we're curious beings, I would say that we are people who want the freedom and flexibility in our lives. That's our common thread. We want freedom and flexibility mm-hmm. to go be curious, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it's just the most frustrating thing that you then get boxed in with, like, oh, you're the person selling something on affiliates or like whatever it is else wise that yeah (laughs) you get boxed into it and actually the thing is it's not normally our one common thing is that we're looking for that flexibility and freedom yeah because honestly what does freedom and flexibility mean like Mm. that for every single individual in this space that answer is going to be different so also i think because when we say things like freedom and flexibility it might still strongly picture that thing of, oh, you want to work with your laptop from a beach. Like, guys, I tried it. It sucks. Like, it doesn't work. Like, I was more afraid that my laptop would blow up in my face or something. (laughs) And I think that this is difficult too, because for me, freedom and flexibility is more about, at this point in my life, because this also changes over time, I'm very strongly connected or trying to connect as much as I can with myself as a female entrepreneur. 
I'm super interested in like my moon cycles and all these things. That's currently freedom and flexibility for me. But a few years ago, that was a very different answer as well. So I think that's sort of the, because in school and in life, we're always like hitting a goal or a number or a grade or something that is fixed at steady and you don't go beyond that. Like that's not what this lifestyle is. So when people, like even when you have all this freedom and flexibility, that doesn't mean you're going to feel bad. Like we're going to have shitty days. So mm-hmm. I find it's like, it, it's almost like this guy that you're describing. It's like this, almost like this utopia or something. And in that utopia, you're perfect and everything is great. And uh, But that's not true. Like this lifestyle is so extremely challenging. So yeah, it's a completely misrepresentation. But that's why I love having these conversations as well, because I mean, if people want to have an honest story, like I'm here, like I will tell you that it's going to suck from time to time. (laughs) Do you think there's an element of because you have so much choice, it also makes it tougher sometimes? Totally. (laughs) Can you imagine just a normal person, right? You go to the supermarket and you're going to buy toothpaste. We all need to brush our teeth. And you're going to the supermarket and even though you always have your own brand, probably maybe there's a discount or maybe there's a one plus one or something like that. Can you imagine like standing in front of this wall? It's not just a section, it's a whole wall of toothpaste usually of options. That's what the digital nomad lifestyle is. There's always something better with another feature, with another thing. Maybe something is cheaper. Maybe there are more people there. There's these constant distractions of everything and anything. So this is not how our mind works because we are creatures of habits. Mm-hmm. So our neural patterns are not made to to have or not created to have like all these decision-making. And as a digital nomad, every time you switch locations, it's literally, yeah, you're like standing in front of a wall of toothpaste because it's hard to choose. Like now I'm single again. I'm like, Ooh, where I'm going. <laughs> I'm literally zooming in and out on Google maps to see where do I want to go? I don't know because there's just so much. And then people are like, Oh, we're going on a co-live here, co-live there. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I'm getting invited as being a speaker to, to stuff. I'm like, I'm so grateful. I can't make decisions right now. So yeah, it's this decision-making thing is the most challenging thing of this lifestyle because it's because of what I just said. It's like, it's hard. It's like, but it's fun too, but it's yeah. overwhelming. <laughs> Absolutely. And I found that also like once I'd like sold my car, sold like all these like big things that before you would have had to think about even down to like I lived in London for a few years so of course you've got to think about like the rent that you pay you've got to think about your commute you've got to think about all these other different things too versus now you're like okay well I don't have anything that's like really I mean obviously I can't speak for a lot of people if you've got like a family if you've got Mm. like all these bits and pieces if you've been staying in a space then obviously you've got to think about those things but I find also that not literally having like one and a half suitcases to my name on a day-to-day basis does make that kind of like I could literally go pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Or uh, where do I start? <laughs> where do I start? Exactly. <laughs> it's like that. And I, what I love about the suitcase lifestyle is that it's, um, I was talking with my friend about it because I'm in the Netherlands now visiting my girlfriends and I love it. They have so many shoes and coats and dresses and sweaters and 
makeup and earrings and everything. And I'm like, whoa, this is so cool, but so overwhelming. And literally now I'm staring at my suitcase because it's right there. I didn't even fully unpack here because I can't wear anything. It's freaking cold in this country because I, I chase summer. So anyhow, every time I put everything back in my suitcase and it fits, I feel like I landed again. So that's like my home, that it fits in my suitcase. So my home is not a house, a car, my stuff. It's like this experience, this sensation of it all fits in my suitcase. I can like, my home is packed up again. I love it. <laughs> I was also doing the same when I was thinking, I was talking about my one and a half suitcases. I was looking at my suitcase going, oh my God. And every time I do look at it going, how am I going to fit it all in? And exactly the same, like it all fits. And then you're kind of going, oh, okay, <laughs> this works. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about Digital Nomads Daily and what was the kind of reasoning behind beginning it? Yeah, I love it. So everything that we actually just talked about, because, and that's why I call it Digital Nomads Daily. One of the things that happened to me is that when I, so I was in Bali, right? What I said in the intro. And my big question was, how do people do like their day-to-day lives? And that was it. So I started a blog, digitalnomadsdaily.com. And um, this is actually kind of like, this is a good entrepreneur experience that I had. So I, I started this blog and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and that. I want to be influencer. I was interviewing people. I really love interviewing people. Actually, I like talking. So it's also, if I can just make money talking, which I partly do right now, it's great. Like I'm li- in that moment, I'm living my best life like right now. Not that I'm going to get paid to be in this podcast, but it opens up the world for me. I will talk about it later. So I started Digital Nomads Daily to uncover, kind of ask people, how do you do your day-to-day life? So how do you make money? How do you find a house? Because I didn't know how to do this. I was an expat. I was a student and then an expat. So I was like, and even like visa stuff, like I I didn't know. So that's why I, how I started it. And as I was interviewing these moments, I had a lot of fun. It was time consuming. Like people don't think about this when they start a new project, but When you start any new project, I now like to think about the bigger thing of it and be like, okay, how is this really going to fit in my day-to-day life? Because even a blog, a little podcast, this, that, it, it all takes time. And we can multiply a lot of the resources, but the one thing that we cannot create more of is time. We cannot reinvent time. Time is what it is. You can't like make more of it. It's just what it is. So I didn't realize this concept only after five years, no betting. I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) I'm smart now. I know this stuff. (laughs) So I had to pause it because I didn't make money and I couldn't, I didn't know how to make money. And I was struggling to like meet ends because at this moment in the digital nomad lifestyle, people were still talking about the coconuts and they were not talking about the unsexy things. Like I call it the not so sexy stuff of this lifestyle. So I paused it. And then my Instagram got removed or something and I lost all my contacts. And I was like, this is actually a moment I felt lonely. And I was like, damn it. But the one thing I did have was my Instagram from back then from Digital Nomads Daily. So I started posting and I actually saw that I got some followers. And then slowly this Digital Nomads Daily thing come back into my life. This is about uh, two years almost ago now. And then I started thinking about it. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to start again. This time I was very conscious about my process. 
And I also knew that I had to pick a channel that I really love doing. Like I said, I like talking. So I was like, what the heck with the writing? I'm going to do a podcast. This is more fun for me because I'm an extrovert. I energize with people or I get energy from people. So that's how I started my podcast. And what we do and what I do is I just shine light on the day-to-day stuff of this lifestyle. I interview people, but I also record solo casts. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable. I talk about anything from this morning. I was talking about period talk as well with my clients because we all had our period. I talk about that on the, that stuff as well on the Digital Nomads Daily Podcast. But we also talk about how to make money. I'm, when people go through a breakup and I know it, I'm like, ooh, do you want to come back to the podcast and talk about your breakup? Like stuff like that. So it's very day-to-day things and that's it. And what it did to me, and this is about the payment thing, which I really want to share is that a lot of people ask me, oh, how much money do you make? Or, oh, what's your ROI? So your return on investment. And it's actually the connections. It's going to running remote and even meeting Johan in person. It's like getting invited to be a speaker, helping companies create digital nomads, uh, products and services for digital nomads. And actually something amazing happened. My, I was looking for a remote job while I was doing all this podcast. And then I, because I'm in marketing, I started to help out one of our common friends, Michelle from Remote Rebellion. She helps people to find a remote job. Mm -hmm. And through that collaboration, I founded a whole new business. And now I've been building marketing funnels for mostly female solopreneurs because marketing is overwhelming. Starting a digital product is overwhelming. And that's what I'm doing now. This is all coming at this point from this podcast. So if you're thinking, I don't know how to make friends. I don't know like how to be connected in the nomad space. Listen to podcasts, maybe start a podcast, do join like discords or community events because that's where the power is. So that's the story. (laughs) I love that. And then with actuality, we have spoken to Michelle also as well. And she's told me the story too. So it's such such a good story. I think it touches on such a good point that you never know who you're going to meet in this world. You never know like if you're going to meet a new client or somebody who might want to start a a business with or somebody you might like go traveling with. Like it doesn't have to be anything that necessarily makes money, but like you just, you never know what contact is going to be like a big part of your next chapter. And I think I, I do love the fact that people in the digital nomading world are like so open in that respect as well. Like running remote was just, it's funny. I think I had a few coffee chats. I don't know about you afterwards. And we were kind of like, it was intense, but it was so great being there. <laughs> we all kind of came out of it going, whoa, but it was just so great to connect with so many people who like have the same kind of, again, same kind of people who have the same kind of interests as you. And just to see, like just to take the conversations, like where they could next was just amazing as well. It was, it was. And it's like, this is also like why people so important in this lifestyle, because people are not just like your nomad friends, but it's also going to be like, yeah, like how you create your support system and, just to like touch on the people part and running remote the night before I left for this conference, my, like I, well, I got dumped. (laughs) I mean, it really sucks. It was painful. So out of nowhere, I had to pack all my stuff. 
Mm. Like not just like my, my things for the conference, but I had to pack all my stuff. I left Brazil. I came there. I was like crying my eyes out, obviously, but also I arrived in the best place ever at that point in my life to go through this breakup because I arrived with mm. like my LinkedIn friends, my LinkedIn aunties. I met my podcast guests who I've been so great with. I've met Michelle for the first time who have at the time been working with for four months already. Like she's my client. I found new clients there. It's been like, and this is why community is so extremely important for the good and, or for worse and for better, like for just the whole thing. I feel like this lifestyle, I'm like almost like marrying this lifestyle, but it's like such a great thing because there's always cool stuff happening. And this is why I think people want to be part of this lifestyle or want, no, maybe not want to be part of it, want to continue to live it mm. because it's almost addictive. Mm. Like it's addictive. Like this is so great. So great. And we're everywhere. We're like, I feel like we're taking over the world. <laughs> it's it's people who I found have just this kind of life, the energy for life, right? That again, comes from the freedom of flexibility because like once you can choose, these people just come alive in their lives. And I think that's what it is. You be in a room with, with people like that. It is, it's contagious and it is addictive. Like how can you come away from that kind of like energy for life and not be inspired, not be motivated to do whatever it is that they want to do next. And I need to add, I had no idea what you were going through. You held yourself so well at running remote. I had no idea until I read your LinkedIn update like a few days later. So I just want to put it out there. I had no idea. So, like, kudos to you. Well, kudos to my community, to be honest. It's like, well, actually, Jordan Carroll said it so nicely because I was, like, really, like, of course I was emotional, but I was, like, I called it on LinkedIn, like, my heart was broken, but it was filled with love. It was, like, overflowing with love, but it was love from the community. And not because, oh, you're going through a breakup, but it was small moments that there was a, a podcast listener of mine there who quit his job to volunteer at Running Remote wow. because he was listening to my podcast. And I had Liam on there. And he quit his job. He was volunteering there. And when he saw me, he was like, and there was just something. And I was just, and he told me the story. And then he's also, he's Filipino and I lived in the Philippines and I have this this true love for Filipinos and it was just like that story alone it just made me cry out of happiness so it was the community there it was the hugs from Rowena it was the hugs from Jordan it was like Michelle who was like girl like don't even work right now like just flow it was it was that and that's why this lifestyle is so freaking awesome because it's awesome to go on an adventure, but I'm telling you guys, if you go through a shitty storm, whether it's work, people, friends, loss, mourn, like all these things, we're there. We got you. There's people like, oh, I my, I lost my big client. And out of nowhere, it's like everyone is like going for this person. And three days later, she has three new projects. Like this also happened in like a behind the scenes community thing I'm part of. And this is cool. Like we're honestly cheering for each other. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's such a supportive community. It, yeah, you said it so well, to be honest. And I think I really resonate with you when you mentioned about your podcast and the connections because, yeah, I hear so often. Because again, I've been in the content creation space for like a decade at this point, right? And 
Um, whether it was like, oh, I want to start a blog or I want to start an Instagram or I want to start a, you're kind of going, okay, great. But why? Like, what's your why? Because again, similar, the podcast for me, it's more of a way to connect with people than it is to make money. I can be transparent about that. It's same. Yeah. Just like how you said about like, say Michelle or like other people that you've met along the way the podcast with me was never about making money. Like dare I say it. (laughs) It feels so counterintuitive. It still isn't for me. Like it's, it really still isn't for me. Like, yeah, I make money with it, but it's not like, Oh, I need to produce more because I want to No, it's not like that. Mm -hmm. It's, I want to produce because I want to create and I want to, you know, like create good energy Mm -hmm. in this digital world, but that's all. (laughs) Yeah. And it's when people, you stop to say to people, like that's great that you've got a couple ideas but then then what you've got to have a bigger thing than that for me I wanted to tell longer stories from people who I was finding that didn't have enough time to tell stories but then you I still want to keep sharing those stories because I keep finding those stories it's it's not about yeah it's not about an instant gratification goal so I think that you touched on such a good point that it's never about the money necessarily yeah at some point you kind of have to think about it to an extent but it's not yeah (laughs) i'm sorry when people find out how long it takes to do one episode i'm like yeah that's why it's not for everybody just like social media and a blog is not for everybody yeah and but this is with everything like one of the one annoying thing that i find about like what's being presented online and this kind of relates to this course thing with kind of to anything it's like this sort of like hack on 10 steps to start a podcast, 10 steps to make this much money in 30 days. Then like these sort of like hacks, I feel like when you fast track something, you are not in the learning journey and you're just like so focusing on the goal. And because the learning journey is not as how it should be, you kind of miss key learnings. That's what I had as well. So I did this online program because I wanted to see if, well, not if I wanted to become a coach because that I already knew the answer is no. I get a lot of requests. Like, do you want to be my digital nomad coach? I'm like, no, I have, I know people that do that. They're way better at it. I would suck at it. But what I did do was a, I call it a freedom booster. And it was like a four week community thing that we did where I was just helping people to understand what does freedom mean to you? And if you can boost it, how would that be? And everyone was like, I want to start an Instagram page. And I was like, okay, let's talk about starting an Instagram page. And I was being very real about this stuff. And at the end of it, people had very different freedom ideas, but that was because the idea was not fed by what you see on YouTube, what you see on TikTok, not like this hack kind of fast track hack kind of Mm -hmm. society. But it was like you said, it was about the true why. Okay, once you know that, what are the things, how can you make it fit in your life, in your day-to-day current life? If not, what what do you need to do to make sure it's going to fit? So it's a more like intentional approach to it. Mm-hmm. And that's important in this lifestyle too. Like we're more intentional, I feel like, because we are rewriting our habits constantly because that's what you got to do. So it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> I completely get you. And the whole intentionality thing, I think is so true. I think it's, I I always don't even know how to explain it as well. It's just that kind of like you all all of a sudden you use your time in a day so differently, but like not at the same time. Like I would say that I somehow have more time in the day, 
because I'm doing this lifestyle and I don't know if it's just that my concept of time is so different or the fact that obviously again you have this freedom and flexibility to be able to intentionally work on what it is you're doing so therefore yeah it does feel more intentional I guess it's a funny one to explain how yeah it's hard like I want to maybe have like a psychologist or someone or a researcher on my podcast to talk about this stuff because it's like I still And I thought I was like, oh, because I'm not a native speaker, I can't really find the words. But I realized that that's not even the case because all my native friends, like English native speakers, they don't know how to explain this either. (laughs) It's so true. But again, I think that's also part of the whole mindset thing. And also like you don't know until you know what it's like. You can't experience these things until you've done it and tried it and really given it a go as well. Yeah, it's like kind of like a chicken and the egg, right? It's like this is just, yeah... (laughs) like at what point did that really start kicking in I guess I suppose the only thing I can liken it to I suppose also is the the day the like day one that I was officially freelance and sat there going oh my god like my life is my own like my job is my own like I don't have to go in for this nine to five like I've got to fill out my taxes I've got to do that and then you kind of go oh my god my job is my own like oh my job is my own oh my god my job is my own like it's that kind of yeah how do I now approach this and then they're kind of like just working through that kind of accountability because it's a sudden accountability and then at some point I guess maybe you start figuring out okay yeah this is how I make this process easier for myself or flow better for myself and become more intentional about it but again I don't know you can't put that in a course you can't put that in like yeah some kind of linear package because it's not linear it's not a linear feeling Exactly. And that's why also I didn't create a course. Like I got a lot of business people that reached out, like you should create a course because you have all these like insights. I'm like, I just don't believe in it. Like I'm happy to do like something else that is dynamic, that is evolving, that is like, not like, oh, this is the goal. So that's why I came up with the digital nomad freedom booster thing. And I might actually run another one because I I thought it was really fun. Uh, fun. One of also one of these girls is now my client and I build her marketing funnels. It's like, even like that, it, it's just so great also. But what I do want to point out, because there might be people listening right now, they're like, yeah, but I don't want to become a freelancer. Do I have to become a freelancer? Mm-hmm. This thing that we talk about is also for if finding a remote job, because it's like, if you find that remote job where you finally have the freedom where you can do the work you love and you have that steady paycheck and you have freedom to be in your job who you want to be that's the same feeling so you don't have to be a freelancer to have this just to make sure that people should continue to search for remote jobs if that's what they want to do a little shout out to michelle then you should go to remote rebellion <laughs> love that and it's so true I, I definitely agree on that fact that yeah it freedom means something different to everybody and that can, that, uh, having a, a nine to five remote job, for example, can still mean freedom to certain people. So, and also I, I think to add on to that also, like, like not all remote workers are digital nomads, but all digital nomads are remote workers too. Because mm-hmm. I think also what people forget is that you don't need to necessarily be a digital nomad in order to be somebody who has a remote job also. That's so true. Actually, just to add to that, what I really discovered is that like, you don't have to be a full-time digital nomad traveling. Like, Honestly, mm-hmm. you don't have to sell all your stuff and pack up everything in one and a half suitcase. We actually both have one and a half suitcases. <laughs> and, and then just like go travel the world. 
that's not what this lifestyle is about. It's about that freedom and flexibility. It's about being mm -hmm. curious in your own, like how, and curiosity is also very different to anyone or to everyone. And it's also about the intentionality of how you live your life. So if you want to, let's say you're, are you, you're from the US, like you can be a digital nomad traveling through the US three times, three months a year, like then you're nomading. Like it, there's no sort of like, box to it like oh when you do x y and z that's when you're a digital nomad like that that's not true like i meet digital nomad families that only nomad for for no sorry like three months of the year or something because that's when the kids have holidays so that makes sense but then the rest of the year they're actually ha in their house like so this is what i like it's not so black and white it's mm -hmm. like it's not even a gray area it's just like it's just open there's no like yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's exactly what, again, it's not about the travel for a lot of people. It's about that freedom of flexibility. I was going to ask you, though, what is your def your definition as an Inca? What is your definition of freedom? I am actually rediscovering that myself right now because I thought mm. I created a, a definition for the past three years as I was in that relationship. And now I'm out of that relationship and then running remote happened. And I was just basically for like seven days networking and socializing with my nomad friends. Then I went to Spain to do a co-living experience. And now I'm in the Netherlands. I haven't been alone yet since the breakup. It's four weeks ago, like from that we're recording right now. So I don't know what it means because I have to, or have to, I want to re-understand who I am, what's important to me. There are elements of my life with my ex that I loved, but there are also a lot of elements of my life that I figured out right now that I did not like at all because, you know, I like cheese. I like to eat. I like to drink wine. I like to go hiking. And there were some parts of this relationship or in the relationship that I really didn't get. So I'm, I'm really confused right now about who I am, what does freedom mean to me? What do I even want in my life? So I'm still like hanging out with my friends, but in July, I'm going to do a full solo month in Bucharest in Romania. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of crying. It's going to be challenging, but I do, I want to embrace the learning. So maybe we should like talk then. Maybe I have an answer. <laughs> For sure, for real. But do you know what also, as you were saying that, I was thinking, I'm so excited for you at the same time. Oh. <laughs> like, it, yeah, being alone and discovering yourself alone. So, so I, I kind of did this with an accountability partner who's amazing, was on season one of The Remote Life. We, for about two years, had, during lockdowns, were basically kind of each other's support system for a solid two years. And a big part of that was figuring out who the hell are we now that our lives have been completely turned on their heads and it was scary and I don't think enough people talk about this but going into that solitude and really sitting with yourself as a person and then also coming up against you know you know talking to your family talking to people who you've known for years as this person it's scary but you know it's one of the most liberating experiences uh, and if you can work through that time and time again oh my gosh, the empowerment is incredible. So I have no doubt that yes, it's going to feel confronting. However, I'm excited for you on what's going to be on the other side of that for you, I think. Thank you. And also when when we say like what's on the other side, not 
trying to control what that outcome mm-hmm. is going to be is maybe that is kind of the liberating part of it because of course I want to be happy. I want to be healthy and all these things, but I feel like those are very like surface sort of concepts, but I don't know what it's going to be. To be honest, when I started working on my funnel marketing business, which is seriously only, I think I actually called it a business starting like four months ago. And I am now actually telling myself every day, like this is my mantra every morning. Even before I open my eyes, I tell myself, my name is Ninkanina. I'm super smart. I run an international marketing agency where I help female entrepreneurs building their marketing funnels to make marketing less to make marketing stress free and they can create their freedom lifestyle. This is what I repeat like 10 times myself today like before I even open my eyes. But I do this because I don't it's not I'm not saying I need to make so much money. I'm not saying I need to do x y and z, but I'm just saying I'm just like trying to re-identify myself. And now I notice that this mantra is still even shaky because there are elements missing, but I don't know what is missing. I just know something is missing. So not being in control of what that outcome should be. I think if you can just accept that, and if you can just like ride the wave as it comes and not trying to to control it, that's not something we were taught in school because we have been taught to control stuff. And now I'm not doing that, which goes against my upbringing, against my habit, but I'm good. I'm good doing it. So whatever happens in Romania, it's going to be great. And whatever, like, it's going to be fine. I know it's going to be fine. That's all I know. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm sure whatever you get from it will be amazing. And what I mean by get from it for people is whatever comes up for you, like within yourself when you're going through all that journey, I think... Yeah, I, I, all I can say is I'm excited for you. And it sounds weird, but I am excited for you because I imagine that it's just going to, yeah, just feel so liberating for you on the other side. Oh, my nomad friends say that. Like, this is like the cool thing. Like, once you really emerge in a nomad lifestyle, you have these sort of conversations that for other people is like, but don't you need to? Don't you have like all But it's like, oh, I'm excited for you. It's going to be fine. Like, it's we don't have this this sort of like pressure to have that end thing like the oh it needs to be this like even with success like what is being successful like all these things like I find these concepts just are so vague so I'm just like yeah let's see let's see <laughs> for sure I think part of also what like being additional medicine what how to keep the sustained additional nomad life it's about building this resilience within yourself and who you are I think it's the, that finding once once you can find, really find who you are on that soul level, it just makes that resilient. It builds that resilience and it builds that kind of like empowerment that then once you're then coming to business, once you come to an event, once you come into a group, it just having that sense of self is just the most wonderful thing ever. And when you can be, be around that again, it's just the most amazing thing ever. And I think that's why I suppose so many of us are going, probably going to, I'm so excited for you because that really it's really isn't it's very vulnerable and it's terrifying at first because again yeah you're confronting all of these things that you've been told to repress i was even talking to a school friend um not that long ago who was like look i've been through all this she was like oh you always seem quite authentic and i was like no i was scared of who i was growing up i was kind of taught to be scared and that that was wrong but now rediscovering that as an adult is just the best thing ever and going through all that process again it's just 
yeah, and now now when I have those conversations with people, it's a very different experience being that kind of self that you, even for your younger self, always wanted to be too. So yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a sense of freedom to be able to just be yourself, whatever that means in whatever moment in your life, because it's a dynamic thing. It's not a steady thing. It's not a goal. It's just having that true connection and feel like that you're that your mind, your body is just, you're good. Even feeling shitty is still okay. Crying is okay. Laughter is okay. It's all good. Just having that acceptance of this is who I am. Maybe that's the freedom. Coming back to kind of talking about podcasting and people who potentially are, I don't know about you, but I get quite a few requests either in my inbox or when I meet people about wanting to appear on my podcast. What is your advice to people who want to be a guest? Don't write people, I am X, Y, and Z as in the type of work that you're doing or the service or the offices that you that you provide. How can I be on your podcast? I find that the most annoying, rude question ever. What I do really like and is find find a common thing that you connect with. So let's say you want to be on that podcast, look at the actual episodes, listen to them. Be like, hey, I listened to this episode. This thing really stood out for me. It really resonated with me. Here's what I feel about it. Like show that if there was value to you, like show that to the podcast host or to the podcast production. Because like you said, people do not realize that it's not just hit record and publish it. Like there's so much involved with it and it's someone's work not like work i need to make money with it but it's it's a, it's an art i i feel also like it's someone's creative work okay. so if you barge in and be like hey i can no that's but with any business stuff is that if someone tells me hey i know that you built funnels built my funnel i'm like i would like to connect with you first and i go very energetically about it and i have said no to a lot of projects in the past months because i'm like you know what, I think you should find another funnel builder because I am very collaborative with these things. So if I don't fight with you, it's going to be hard. So I guess find something that like connect with that podcast first, find how it can be, how it's been valuable for you. And also when you do that, think about that as a listener. Okay, what do you have in your arsenal to create that value as well? And if you want to promote yourself, do it like ask if that's even possible. I let people do that, but it's also because only if I like you. And then I would be like, Hey, how do you make your money? How's your business? Where can people find you? But that's truly because I want to cheer for you mm-hmm. and not because I I'm getting paid because someone tells me I'm going to pay you 500 bucks to name my website. That's not what it is. So I think the intentionality of it is very important. How do you go about that? <laughs> Honestly, similar to what you said, and I think it probably helps that I have a bit of a background in influence marketing, being on the brand side as well. Because for me, I've already been a content creator pitching two brands, but then on the other flip side, I've also been on the brand side. So I kind of have a bit of perspective from that side of things. The key thing I say to people is know what value you're providing, which you've already mentioned, but it, because I... This is the thing I find frustrating when people ask about being on my podcast is they're like, as you said, oh, I do this job. I do. I have this many followers and like I've done these podcasts before. I'm like, that's great. Good for you. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) 
what value are you going to bring my audience? I have a mission statement. I have various guests that you, like you said, you can go search. I have my LinkedIn page, my Instagram, my website. You can go check out what I'm about. How do you bring value? And to be fair to people, majority of people who I've been pitched to, I'll go, yeah, you sound quite cool. But then you will get the occasional person that are like, obviously someone from their external team has also like pitched to me. And again, I'm going, and they then follow up going, what did you think? I'm like, well, again, what, what did you, what's the value here for me? But there definitely has to be an understanding Like, you don't go to a big brand and say, we should work together because I have X amount of followers. That's just not how it works. I'm afraid. I, I then want to know what you're going to do to provide me, well, not necessarily me, but my audience value. I have built up a podcast based off of telling people stories and helping people bridge that gap. So what are you going to do to help bridge that gap? And I'm very hyper curate. I will happily hyper curate and I will happily keep my series small for now because I am so, for me, I'm so protective over the stories that I tell. I want them to be nothing but good quality for people who are listening and coming from people who have something genuine to offer other people as well. I'm sure you're probably similar as well. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. And also I think it, it's what people maybe don't realize is intentionality is not an AI generated message like, oh, I listened to this podcast. Here is a quote that really resonated with me. It's not even like that. I think if you can like come up to someone and say like, wow, this is how that maybe impacted my life or just something like that. If you put there that true intentionality in creating that converse in like in starting actually the conversation, then every, the podcast itself is going to be more fun and easier too. Mm-hmm. I have had podcast episodes that I don't even, it's been recorded. It's sitting right there in my content bank. And I'm, I feel like I'm not authentic with myself and with my podcast audience, with my following, if I release that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I am in a little bit of a tough, thing right now because it's like, wait, what do I tell the person that was on my podcast? And I said this in the beginning to myself, like, if I don't feel like this is going to be great for my audience, I won't publish it. But I don't know what to tell the person that also took, well, not maybe an hour of their time, because honestly, if people are like not answering the question or if they're just talk and talk, but don't like actually don't answer the question or they Mm. create their own questions. So while I'm asking a question, like, you know, like mm. kind of being rude and just use the platform, use the audience, use the space that we have created. Then I now I don't know what to do with this because I'm like, what am I going to tell you? I felt like you were, I don't want to be a dick either. You know what I mean? It's like, there's like the right thing to do, about, but this is very difficult. So I love that you're also so intentional about it. I think it's great. We have to. And in business too, in a nomad lifestyle too, like you can't just like, barge in and be like oh I'm gonna dick your audience <laughs> no that's so true I actually have a couple episodes that I've not released and unfortunately I'm in a position where they've not followed up <laughs> so like, dare I say <laughs> but the thing is though and I, this is also a thing across social media and content creation as well if you are forcing something the audience can pick it up they're not stupid they'll know as well and considering how many people will say to me like oh I listened to your podcast while I was taking the kids to school or like I was hit on a plane or something like you're you're giving they're taking their precious time 
to listen to something that you put together. And I want to make sure it's the best thing possible for them in that time to be able to listen to as well. And the people who have definitely come across as more forced on my podcast, again, it's only a couple people I would say, oh God, I'm really exposing myself now, but it shows. It will show. Well, we're going to say if your episode has been recorded a while back and it's not there, you might want to like <laughs> think about how did I came across? Because like how I got to know you at Running Remote Hand and also just chatting with you here, you wouldn't do that because you have a bad day or you don't like mm -hmm. that person. Like if you make that decision for yourself, like I do not want to release this, then I think the other people can understand or they kind of need to, either, well, they need to accept it. That's one thing, but they can also be like, okay, how did I came across? Like, mm. why would she even make that decision? Because that's not because you're trying to me be mean. Mm -hmm. That's because it's like inauthentic with your heart. And I think that's such a valid point that just doesn't even need much explaining. Mm. That's it. So if people are yeah. being rude to you, don't even consider it as something that you need to get into your brain because it's just like, yeah, whatever. It's not even necessarily about being rude. Rude I can handle. It's the if you if I don't feel like you're not I'm not giving value to my people, you're not getting my platform. And it's the same with pictures. If I don't understand what value you're providing to my people, who I'm very protective of, you're not coming into my room. You know, you're not coming into my house. <laughs> it's a simple. I have, I have a question for you. Are you going to release this episode? No, <laughs> no I'm not. <laughs> that could have been really awkward. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just playing with you. Sorry, no, that joke went completely over my head. Sorry. It almost turned into a therapy session. It did. That got really quite like, you know, intense. And I was thinking, oh my God, do, do I talk about the fact that they're up? But do you know what? No, like this is the reality of when you create something that you care very much about. I will happily tell you that if you don't, and to be fair, I don't really reply to people who I pit, who pitched me without thinking now. I used to. And, there have, and yeah, I suppose it's just a good lesson for everybody now. If you try to pitch to me in general, if, you, if I don't understand the value, I don't care. Like, it, like I, don't know what, I don't know why you're here. And whether that's a podcast, whether that's for other things I'm working on, you need to tell me what value you're providing to me. That that's just common sense, I think, in business. Absolutely, yeah, I hundred percent agree with it. <laughs> but I also think that this is super valuable for people to understand that you don't have to take everyone else's like advice blindly or things that they say. Like, I had one person also reached out to me and they kept following up with me and be like how can I be on your podcast? Hey, can you get back to me? Hi, I really want to be on your podcast. Like, can you at least take the time to contact me? And I was like, no, like I find it already super annoying that you're again in my inbox. I, I, and it's not, I don't really want to be rude because I'm very conscious about this stuff, but it's like, sometimes I miss a message. Like this really happens because the, the inboxes are, are flooded. Like everyone else is mine. I'm not special with this stuff. Sometimes I miss a meeting because I overbook something like this, all these things happen. And I do find it important to explain myself to people that I truly care for. But if, yeah, if you just like pop into my inbox to just take as much as you can and then be out as fast as you can too, 
do that with someone else. I actually don't do it. But if you continue to do that, like stay away from me and stay away from my friends too. Like (laughs) I always say of my girlfriends are like, Oh, what do I do with this? I was like, ignore you can respond this. This is what I love about community as well. In the nomad community, like we're so supportive about for, for each other, like helping each other out with like business or job stuff or friends or like it's mm-hmm. it's really cool it's like an ongoing therapy in this community I love it <laughs> that was honestly the nicest thing to say out loud for myself as well it's funny yeah that it it's just that it's just that basic kind of respect for what each other does that yeah you're gonna have the occasional person that doesn't but generally speaking everybody's really amazing and supportive and just so down for the collaboration and wanting to see people win. That's what I like. Yeah. Oh, so now we've got that off our chest. <laughs> Home is where? Fill in the blank. Where my nomad friends are, whether that's online or offline. Amazing. Short and simple. Ninka, it has been amazing to chat to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. And I don't know, I feel like we have... It's cool because you're actually the first one I'm podcasting with of my new nomad friends that I met before or that I met in person first. And then we became like more nomad friends and now we're podcasting. It's been always the other way around. This is exciting. I love it. Oh yeah. Are you going to run remote next year? I will say yes for now, but it's going to depend on whether what the wind takes me, you know how it is. Okay. <laughs> same here. Same yeah. here. Yeah. Same. I, I will say yes, but I don't know. <laughs> love it. Oh, amazing. Can't wait. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Remote Life and thank you Ninka Nina for taking the time to speak with us. You can find links to her profiles below. Thank you so much again for listening and we can't wait to remote work with you again soon.